welcome to the Everyday Innovator Podcast for product managers and innovators. Your host is Chad McAllister, helping product managers become product masters. Listen and get ready to take your career to the next level for the doctor is in. Hi, this is Chad, your host, and this is where you make your move from product manager to product master. Every week, I'm involved in virtual meetings. How about you? The same is true, I know, for many everyday innovators. And if it's not true yet for you, virtual meetings are almost certainly in your future because it's a common aspect of the work that we do, working in teams that are virtual. And facilitating virtual meetings and making them productive takes specific skills, skills that product managers should know. With these skills, you can run virtual meetings that don't waste people's time and that build trust and cohesion in the team. To learn the right skills, I have the perfect guest as his company is all about facilitating virtual meetings. He joins us to share his six hows of great meetings. His name is Dan Hoffman, and he's the founder and CEO of Circles, an online service that provides guided video peer groups to foster deeper conversations for impactful continued professional learning and personal growth. It's a capability I'm really interested in. Dan is also a serial entrepreneur, previously the founder of M5, which was a pioneer in cloud communications and was purchased by Shortel. And he's also regarded by colleagues as down-to-earth, completely approachable, and one of the brightest guys you will ever meet. And I think you'll find the same to be true as you listen to him during this interview. In the discussion, you'll learn the six hows of great meetings, which are culture, conversation, presence, participation, agendas, and facilitation. And as always, I take notes for you. You'll find the summary of our discussion at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 158. Also, have you made a goal for your career this year? I've talked with product managers with a year of experience all the way to others with 20 years of experience and find that they're lacking in an understanding of product management. And it's not that surprising as product management has a lot of puzzle pieces to put together. It is one of the most fun yet demanding roles in an organization. Just think how cross-functional it is. I put the puzzle pieces together in the IDIF framework. The IDIF framework provides product managers with more confidence, influence in their organization, and growing success. And I've heard that from several people who have gone through the IDIF framework course. And as part of that course, I start live coaching sessions, meeting every other week for 12 weeks in just a few days on January 11th, 2018. I only did one coaching session last year, and I'll probably only do one again this year but we'll be meeting every other week for 12 weeks to go through the concepts together and help you solve any problems that you're having in your role as a product manager. And because they start on January 11th, that means you still have time to join the course before the interactive sessions do begin. And remember, as listeners, I always make sure there's great deals available for you to see all that the IDEA Framework course offers and your special discount as a listener. Please go to theeverydayinnovator.com slash idea, that's I-D-E-A, And remember, the life coaching sessions are starting real soon, January 11th. So if you're interested, check it out now, theeverydayinnovator.com slash idea. It's a great way to start this new year that we just got into 2018. Enjoy the interview. Dan, thanks for joining the Everyday Innovators. Thanks, Chad. Really happy to be talking to you. So we had a mutual friend connect us, and the interest there was a tool that you've been working on. This is a new startup uh, venture of yours over the last, uh, what, couple years, maybe? 
I've been working on it for about three years, but we founded the company uh, just nine months ago. Excellent. And it's called Circles, and it's a platform for these uh, video peer groups to facilitate professional learning and p- personal growth. And something I'm very much interested in, um, as we've talked some of the past, I, I have done virtual study groups to help people get certified as product managers through a, a couple different professional organizations. And they're really great experiences because people get to you know, share how the information is applying to them and their work environment. And we found great value in that. And so I'm looking forward to learning more about Circles myself because it might be the right tool for us to make those experiences even better. In the process, you have done a lot with having good virtual meetings. And you have a resource called the Six Hows of Great Meetings. And all of us that are listening, the Everyday Innovators, can certainly value from this because we have to have meetings, and more times than not, those are becoming virtual meetings, not just uh, face-to-face meetings. And I wanted to talk through those six hows with you. Your, your first one talks about culture. So tell us what we need to know about culture for a great meeting. Well, in order to design a great meeting, we've got to start with a great team uh, and understanding what that is. So many of us are working alone, remotely, um, or across a big campus, and it's a real shame that uh, meetings are the time when we come together uh, and we don't capture that magic of togetherness because it's not grounded in a view of what the team culture should be. A very powerful framework for us uh, was put out by Amy Edmondson, uh, who has a nice TED Talk worth, worth watching. Um, who paints two axes to culture um, for a team. One is much talked about psychological safety. Am I comfortable bringing up the bad news? Am I comfortable being my full self and, and really engaging? But there's another axis, which is dependability or accountability. And so there's this combination, this balance when you're, thinking about assessing, designing team culture that is between my comfortable sharing, but also my comfortable holding myself and my team members to, to account. Right. You know, and if you can get uh, along both axes, you're in a place that we call the learning zone. Hmm. That's when a team is openly sharing um, following up on and, and building a very high level of trust mm-hmm. in those two dimensions. And that's what we look for is, is, is just a team coming in with a clear vision that we want to be in that learning zone and we're uh, hungry for techniques that will help us move across both axes to get there. Excellent. You know, at, at one time, as we talked in the, in the past, I had done some uh, research in web teams and, and how you meet uh, through virtually and just adding web cameras was specifically what we we're interested in this research mm-hmm. and came up with some good general articles that talk about that aspect of building trust. And that was one thing that we found was this notion of, yeah, are you safe to share what you need to share? Dive into problems together. And is there this accountability? And that was the key thing that we found with the trust factor was you know, the way that you build trust quickly with each other is do people follow through on what they said they were going to do? And if you don't, then you don't trust them. And if you do, you go, okay, I guess I can trust them to do the next thing. Exactly. It's, it's, I call it the two types of trust, right? One is I, I, I trust uh, you to be open and to share and to be your, you know, sincere, what your thoughts and your words are saying. And then there's, you can do what you say you're going to do. And that's one that um, is just so tangible. Did you show up on time for the first meeting when we met? 
Mm -hmm. You know, uh, are you ending on time? Are you following the norm of we're each going to share for two minutes in this conversation? Did you do the reading? Did And, you know, tr it's a bank account that builds really slow uh, and drains super fast. Right. <laughs> I, I just think having those concepts uh, are really helpful in, in building high performance teams. Okay. So that's culture. The next of the six hows is conversation. Tell us how conversation fits in. Uh, we've all sat through meetings that are presentations with no time to digest, react, again, capture that magic of being together. And um, on, when we started Circles, we started using some of the existing video tools, um, which have gotten to be really wonderful in solving the problem of how do we have good, reliable video. Hmm. Um, but the problem is they seem to all have this, this presentation metaphor, one to many. And you kind of can't see the other people on the screen. You know, the one person speaking is ginormous. Um, there's a lot of clutter that distracts. And so we found, and I was not expecting this, that uh, to pursue this vision of a really scalable peer learning infrastructure, we needed to build our own video experience. Hmm. Um, and one where you can look in the eyes of everybody at once is very non-distracting. And the emphasis is on conversation. That's, that's not just uh, about video and remote. I mean, just unfortunately, too many of our meetings, too many of our courses, too many of our learning sessions are, are one-to-many where we really emphasize the content instead of the interaction with the content, right. adjusting the content. And that's, you know, one of our big slogans is we learn better in circles than we do in rows. Better in circles than rows, because as, as what you're alluding to, I think, is in most web meeting tools, when we are seeing each other on video, which is really helpful, you, you one that makes you more accountable because you have to be engaged, right? Because if people are seeing you and you're off doing your email or something else, you they know you're not in the meeting. But most of the time we see this row of video, which feels a little bit different because I know when I'm in a meeting, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, this is fine, right? There's, you know, two people back and forth is easy. But you start adding that to four or five, the, the connection is different with people because you're looking back and forth across the top, and it just feels kind of different. Just just for contrast, uh, I think a lot of your tool, I don't mean to be just plugging into the tool here, but for contrast, how is that different? How does it feel different inside of Circles? People say that they haven't had video meetings like this because um, they're able to uh, have a... a, 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 a Deep conversation where everyone's participating, where things are moving along in a structured way, where you're, where people aren't multitasking. Mm -hmm. um, we use a number of processes, trips, techniques, interface ideas to create that. Right? Um, you called out one of them. I can see everybody at once. You know where to hide. Um, you know, we have a random number generator that, uh, when it's your turn to talk, you're gonna get called on like that teacher. <laughs> Classroom, but then there's also the softer stuff, just just the norms and the engaging questions that you're debating instead of just listening to somebody go on and on for 35 minutes. Right. Uh, and I, I I think again this this happens physically, it happens virtually. Um, leaders think it's their job because they were elected leader to talk isn't. I think the world is realizing that it's much more powerful to be a leader who asks questions right. than a leader who gives um, orders and, and exposition. So, mm -hmm. you know, we built a room, we built an experience that the really pro facilitators chat out there will walk into a conference room and arrange the chairs. Absolutely. That's what we've done in video. 
and so you can put it together that it makes sense to you. And good leaders are the ones that are ask, asking the important questions and getting the, the team to think about what's important and move forward together. Okay, so we have culture conversation that takes us to presence. Tell us about presence and having good virtual meetings. Well, I think we covered it a little bit. It's about not multitasking. It's about being an active listener. It's about looking at people in the eyes when they're speaking. Uh, You can go farther. So one of the groups that we work with is called Young Presidents Organization, YPO. Um, They're a network of 25,000 CEOs globally who have this practice called Forum, where they get together uh, in groups of about eight once a month. And uh, they have a very deep peer learning meeting where people are giving and receiving help and their big, big challenges in a confidential space. Um, one of their practices is to do a two or three minute body scan breathing exercise at the beginning of a meeting like that. Um, and whether or not you do that deliberately or whether people have some practice just to sort of check into a meeting, leave the outside outside. So we design sort of the opening meeting that have a check-in of some kind. In the video tool, we've actually recorded a couple of these YPO uh, body scans. It's a very effective way to bring type A distracted people into a deeper space fast. So that's like on the advanced end of the spectrum. And it feels a lot less woo-woo. Uh, when you're on video, by the way, than if you're all sitting in a conference room together. Hmm. But, but you know, be deliberate about presence um, and you will get to a better place. Right. Meetings are a little like sleep. You know, you, you you get cycles where you can warm up and get into a deeper place. Uh, and the conversation is really going um, and needs a little, a little time. Having meetings be effective is really important. I had a guest on that told me about an organization that all meetings are optional in their company. And that means that if you plan a meeting, you have to promote it tell the people that you're inviting why it is important for them to be there and what they're going to get out of it and what we're going to accomplish together. Because it's optional to show up or not, right? And I, I think I really like that idea. I think a lot of places it probably wouldn't work, and that's because there's too many places having crummy meetings. Yeah. But meetings should be effective. You know, simple things that anyone could add, like I, I'm surprised how many people resist the notion of adding video to their virtual meetings. You know, th- those listening who have done it say, well, absolutely, right? People who haven't yet, th- th- there's some, and I know when I first started doing it, it felt a little bit unnatural too. But quickly, you you love it, and there's just so many more benefits. And I try to avoid talking on the phone now because I can't have the video. It's a, it broadens our bandwidth for communication. And this notion of check-ins, I'm wired in such a way, so listeners know I, I'm an engineer by background, and I'm wired in such a way that I'm perfectly happy to jump into the meat of the our time together, figure out what it is we have to figure out, you know, and get back to doing other work, right? And I've been in situations where the facilitator will purposely spend the first 10 minutes of the virtual meeting just checking in with everyone. Hey, how was your weekend? You know, what, what's going on? You doing anything fun outside of work? Which the first few times, frankly, felt like a waste of time to me. It's like, you know, I have better things to do. We need to get to work. And then I realize, you know, uh, over two or three sessions here, we're starting to develop more rapport. And I'm starting to have more interest in these people I didn't know before. And that causes me to be more present in the meeting because I'm more interested in them. There's no question about it uh, that creating that human connection is 
key to an effective team. Um, lots of research about this. I just read one that some a study of uh, creativity that literally A/B tested telling a round of silly stories at the beginning of a meeting. Um, you know, one of the concepts that we need to be good observers of in our meetings is mood. Hmm. Uh, you know, you're think about it this way. You put Barry White on at home and pour a glass of wine and say to your partner, let's do our taxes. <laughs> you know, there's, there's moods that are appropriate, right? Right. To get certain things done. And in a meeting, having that uh, human connection on a team, having that human connection, um, builds the level of trust, loosens us up to the point where it can be a bit more creative, take a few more chances. Um, and that ultimately leads to a much better, uh, yeah, business outcome. So we got through presence, some good tips there. And now we're at participation, which I would expect has some notion of getting everyone involved in the meeting, actually involved in the meeting, right. And participating. If there's one single practice that I recommend that I have learned, it's what I call equal airtime. Mm-hmm. Um, Charles Duhigg wrote about Google's Aristotle project research in the New York Times a couple years ago, uh, and they studied uh, 10,000 internal teams and literally also highlighted this uh, as, as the practice. It's very simple. No one hogs the mic. And you must call on that introvert <laughs> that is sitting there generating a brilliant idea and just needs to be called on, like really thinking. And when you do this, everyone participates. That feeling of team is amplified. You get maximum ideas on the table. And, oh, the, the, the person that was, you know, is the meeting hog is shut up. Right. And it just is black and white the difference in feeling of a meeting if you, if you have an equal airtime norm. And you get good participation from everyone. And, and I like that, you know, calling on the introvert, which would, would be clearly me. Mm-hmm. When I was, I think the first time I took the Myers-Briggs type indicator, I might have been a senior in college. And I was one point away from being on the highest high you possibly can on the introvert really? scale, right? Uh-huh. And I'm still there in, the, in terms of, of, I need my time to be alone and think and that's and regenerate, right? That's what introverts are about. And it's through experiences that I'm, I really enjoy being part of groups and interacting that way, but it drains my energy. And the introverts are sitting there with good ideas, but you're right. They need to be called on to be part, part of the conversation. Again, this is what really good facilitators do. It was very easy for us to bake it into the technology mm-hmm. um, so that anyone can, can, can do this without being distracted from being part of the meeting. Excellent. There's some simple tools to help out with that. One goes by the name of brain walking or brain writing, I've heard. The first one I used was nominal group technique. And uh, basically, you give the group a problem to solve, right? This is our problem. And it helps enormously in any kind of brainstorming tool to have everyone think individually first. So in this tool, you say, okay, everyone take five minutes, write down on a piece of paper your ideas of this problem. And then you go around the room. You say, okay, share your, your, one of your ideas. We talk about it for two minutes. Next person, share an idea. And everyone has the same, same amount of participation, and everyone is sharing ideas. And I love that approach because it increases participation, and it gets really good ideas out. And it's really efficient with the time, too. You're, you're not wasting time going back over ideas you already shared. Everyone's just crossing them off their list if they are already covered. It's a, a really important practice. We call it thinking time or reflection time. Mm-hmm. 
um, we literally play a minute of music uh, to, to allow people to go back to their scratch pads and prepare. Mm-hmm. And just that little bit of preparation will gra- greatly improve the quality of, of responses and allow us to be listening and present and not thinking about what we're going to say ourselves. When Absolutely. We get it's our turn. Really simple meeting design principle that that's very powerful. Yeah. And another good one anyone listening can pick up on is just start your meetings. If you're discussing a specific topic, a problem to dive into, let everyone have a couple minutes to just think about it before you start the discussion. Well, you know, Jeff Bezos uh, is on the record talking about what he calls reading time. Uh, it's True that some people may have read the memo, but not everyone has. Right. So he will start meetings with uh, five or 10 minutes of just quiet reading time. And we recommend baking that in. Um, I'm not a big fan of screen sharing. Uh, I am a fan of toggling to the Google Docs screen, reading and thinking, making a couple notes, and then coming back into the meeting. Again, it's about presence. Um, and that's, that, that's very easy to do. Yeah. And you build it into the structure. So everyone has the same expectation. Okay. This is what we're doing for the next few minutes. And then we're going to get to move on to talking. And so those that might prefer one element over the other, at least there's, there's some, something for everyone, right? That's right. Okay. So participation, equal airtime. Love that. There's no discussion of meetings without talking about agendas. And this is part of one of your six hows to do great meetings. So tell us about agendas. Well, uh, an agenda is a design that gives a meeting structure so it's efficient. And that structure can push the group in the direction that the meeting leader wants, wants to go. Agendas are made up of what I call protocols. And there are hundreds and hundreds of different protocols um, in our, our community of practice, we're always trading protocols for different purposes. So examples we're all familiar with are brainstorm, right? Put as many ideas out there, then judge mm-hmm. and put them down. Um, there's a great problem-solving uh, protocol I call an exploration, where you give a few minutes for someone to present then uh, there's a round of clarifying questions and then we share experiences that might help the person with it. You know, I can go into detail on some of these, but there's literally uh, hundreds of these and it pays big dividends when you're sitting down, uh, not just to make a laundry list. That's the enemy of a good agenda. You know, again, it's such a, we have so many tools today to cross tasks off in Slack or in, um, you know, Trello or whatever tools we use just to do the tactical stuff. Let's not waste the meeting time to generate laundry lists. Let's design an agenda that forces us to the bigger conversations that we need to have and an effective, efficient way to have those conversations, whether it's a decision or um, a brainstorm or some other outcome that we want. And so agendas are the heart of good, good meeting design. And those examples you gave fit really well for the standard business kind of environment. And my view of meetings is meetings are not about sharing information. They're, they're about doing something new together, right? There's a problem we have. We need to come up with a solution. We need to somehow move forward. We're exploring something together. Also in your work for Circles, and Circles is so much about building what I might describe as a mastermind group, a, a peer learning group, right, with the, each other. Mm-hmm. An agenda for that would look a little bit different, right? Because... You're there to somehow share experiences, information, enrich yourself. 
any thoughts on a, an agenda for that setting? Yeah, you know, where we started was masterminds um, and forums. Um, it, it's interesting that the genesis of this company was uh, when I had sold my uh, business, M5 Networks, after 12 years, took a sabbatical, had some time to reflect on who I wanted to be if I grew up. Uh, I, I realized that I wanted to build another company I wanted to do in the learning space. And in my personal journey, for all the coaches and courses that I had taken to learn to be a CEO, my peer group was the most effective of all. Um, and so it Circle started with the question, how do we get everyone in the world into peer groups? How do I have eight people doing the same job at different companies to come together and have this experience? Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things we found along the way is there's as much an appetite to take peer group practices and bring them to everyone as there is for everyone to go into these peer groups, which is why elements from a great mastermind, like a structured agenda, right? Um, like good facilitation and roles, like being very present, mm -hmm. uh, get you into this learning zone and get you holding each other accountable. Remember, go back to that culture of the two types of trust. Um, and so if we can take stuff from, you know, anytime I've ever uh, innovated in my career, I call it actually cross-pollination, right? Really all I'm doing is taking ideas from one sphere and bringing it to another. Mm -hmm. And I think what we've, we're doing with me is, is taking elements of these masterminds and forums and baking them into a tool so they can be used uh, used in a lot of other places by a lot of other people. Excellent. And, you know, another one of my interests in this and uh, your Circles tool specifically is I'm a large promoter of community for product managers. And we have meetups we can go to in, in some of our larger cities and opportunities to interact with each other. But a lot of times it, it, that's just challenging to pull off and creating some virtual, th these peer learning groups where we can just share experiences, learn from each other is really valuable. And uh, interesting to me, a trend that I've seen lately in most of the product management meetups that I'm, I'm familiar with and been a part of, they tend to focus on digital products. And I think it's just where product management is getting a lot of buzz in the last couple of years, even though it really started with you know consumer goods and physical products. And my background is software product management. So you would think I would love you know meetups about digital products, but I find so much richness when I get to interact with product managers in other industries. Oh. And we basically talk the same way, but where we think about it in, in different contexts and there's so much there to learn when that happens. I'm really very intrigued about the idea of creating some virtual meetups to uh, have product managers interacting with each other like that. I love meetup, by the way, shout out to uh, Scott uh, for selling to WeWork a couple, a couple weeks ago. Um, but the problem with a really good meetup is that it gets big and crowded. And um, we see this happening on online communities too, right? We mm -hmm. can really put together a community that's very shallow. So at the essence of circles, um, particularly as regards communities, is to, to take advantage of these groups that we have put together, people that want to learn together, but add an element of depth and engagement that I think is lacking from some of these. So you can uh, go small, right? Have, have groups that can share two pizzas, real teams, you know, of, of, and we think the optimal number, particularly in the virtual space is around five to eight mm -hmm. um, people, uh, which allows everyone to participate, you know, video, you can't really sit in video for more than 90 minutes or two hours without going bananas. So we really do have to limit the group size. 
Um, but I think it's just, it's just good practice. And then, and then you, you have this feeling like, uh, like I did in high school soccer, you know, I'm part of a team where, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're a small group and, and the ideas are flowing back and forth. And I think that's, um, that is a really natural add to a meet, meet up or a community that's been able to come together because we can find each other now, but it's a little too much sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of advantages there and having that small, dynamic, powerful group you're actually a part of. Okay, and your final of these these six hows for having a great meeting is facilitation. You know, I wish we, you could hire a great pro facilitator for every team meeting. Um, having run many meetings, I've found it difficult to participate and facilitate at the same time. But facilitation uh is where the rubber meets the road. It Im- implements mm-hmm. your agenda design properly, your team norms, uh, keeping us in the right learning in the learning zone. You know, a pro pro facilitation is is really invaluable. So we've tried to break facilitation down into a set of processes and bake them back into software. Um, to make that a lot easier, calling on people with a random number generator, generating mood, playing a little music, having that structured agenda be right there so everyone can see with a progress bar so you know are you getting through what you know. Um, and we're only at the beginning of doing that. Uh, but having a little bit of training can help, having a dedicated person whose role it is in that meeting to facilitate, uh-huh. um, and ultimately having everybody in the meeting feel the need to hold to the norms hold to the time, hold to the agenda right. and group facilitate is, is the zone you want to get to. And, and you mentioned roles and, you know, holding to those things and these study groups that I've done, I found it really helpful that everyone in the group has some role that they're playing. Totally. Right. And whether that is, you know, okay, you're really good at just keeping, keeping track of the time and helping us to know where we are. And so if we get off target, you know, you can just make us aware of, uh, have we got done what we expected or not? Or maybe someone else is kind of kind of the document record keeper and is saying, "Hey, that's a really good point. Do you have a resource for that we can add to our, you know, our Google Doc library or something, right? The repository." When everyone has a role, I think they're a little bit more engaged and they feel like they belong a little bit more. That is, I think that's that's spot on. Um, and uh, you know, to wrap it up, everybody wants to have a great meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if that becomes an explicit goal of the team, you know, this is the time. I think it's a really important lever in culture, as we've discussed. We're working in a little micro environment of how we interact. Do we call each other out when we're talking too much? Right. Well, it's a simple, goofy thing, but, you know, it leads to a very powerful idea of are we giving real feedback to each other on, on a team about the real work? You know, are we comfortable confronting each other? Or, you know, there's uh-huh. there, th- this is um, how everybody having a role in playing, playing along as part of a team is a really nice way in this microcosm of the meeting to build a great team. Good. Uh, and I just want to hit a few highlights as, as you went through those, which I think will be useful for everyday innovators to start putting into practice if you're not already. With culture, we just need to think about, is it a safe environment? Are we building trust? Are we, are we being accountable? And a lot of that is follow through on what you say you're going to do. For conversation, adding video helps enormously. You're, you're just more present in the meeting, which brings us to presence is the next one. I think the video helps so much. And doing those kind of first part of the meeting check-ins is helpful, right? Get to know each other at a different level than just what's going on around work. 
for participation. You talked about equal airtime and ha- having tools that, you know, no one hogs the mic. Everyone has a, a equal voice in what's going on in the meeting. Agendas, it's just a structure to help the meeting be efficient. Pick the, uh, the structure that makes sense for what you want to get done in the meeting. And then facilitation, you made the point that it's hard to be facilitator and participant at the same time. I think it's helpful to have the roles shared throughout the team. And so one facilitator isn't trying to do everything. And everyone feels more buy-in at the same time. I appreciate you taking us through the six hows of great meetings. There will be good summary notes of all of those, a tool for everyone listening at the for the show notes. And as listeners know, Dan, I always love innovation quotes. I always ask a guest to bring one. What do you have for us? It's a Nietzsche quote that's been really important for me to come back to whenever I've been in a phase of the beginning. And uh, the quote is, whatever you dream, you can begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. And I have found that the times when I looked at at the beginning of a project, something I wanted to do with my time, my life, um, and pushed myself to be bold. And by the way, I'm grateful to the peers in my life and the peer groups that have pushed pushed me in this direction. Um, You generate visions that are really compelling. And that's also important to rallying a team uh, people want to be part of big and bold. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how we move the world forward. And everyone has it in, in themselves. If we just sort of search deep, take a step back uh, and, and think big. Yeah. And, and take that first step, begin it. Thanks for sharing that. And how has it impacted your work too? I know you're off on this new big adventure that isn't all that new now, but as far as the launch and getting going, it's really exciting. Tell us how people can learn more about Circles and the work that you're doing. So the website you have to think about, it's the word circles, but the dot is before the E, C-I-R-L dot E-S for España, where we incubated this idea. You can also reach me uh, as Dan at Circles. Feel free to to just use old-fashioned email um, or hit the website if you want to learn more. Great. So circles with the dot before the E, dot E-S. Dan, I appreciate the information you shared on having great virtual meetings. And I also appreciate the tool that you're putting together and really excited to see how that is helping people and to be using it more myself. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for the conversation, Chad. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much for listening. Find the summary of the discussion with Dan at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 158. Keep innovating. Thank you for listening to The Everyday Innovator, which teaches product managers to become product masters. For more resources, please visit our blog at theeverydayinnovator.com.